Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Hashtag Call to Scene. I actually have one of my friends on the line here who is someone I met. It hasn't even been a year. Oh, my God. It hasn't. Was that August of last year? Almost a year. I, yeah, I think it was August. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, meet Lindsay. Lindsay, introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, I'm Lindsay. I am a technology evangelist living in New York right now. And uh, I met Kim at DjangoCon US last year where I was giving a talk on web accessibility, which is a passion of mine. So tell us, Lindsay, two questions. Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? So I think it's important to cause a scene because there's a lots of groups that people ignore unless you cause a scene. Even in the diversity and inclusion communities, there's groups that get sort of pushed by to the wayside. And if you don't constantly bring them up, people will gladly forget them. And I'm going to say, you, you use the word that kind of, no, not kind of, they are intentional about pushing these communities to the side. So oh, yeah. we'll talk about that later. But okay. Because I just want to because yeah, isn't it, these things aren't like, oh, we forgot them. <laughs> well, I think, I think there's two groups of people. I yeah, think that's, there's true. People, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but those are people who are, if it's not in front of their faces, they forget. And then there's a group who just... Does, don't even want to deal with anything if it's not about their their marginalized issues. Yes. Okay. So how are you causing a scene? Uh, so I took a lot of time trying to think how I would answer this, actually. And I thought about the, the disability activists that I follow online and what they're doing and what I'm doing. And I, I realized that, like, one of the basic ways people cause scenes involving disability activism is just by speaking out about it. There are so many issues that people don't want to address that just by speaking about them, you cause a lot of controversy. For example, online right now, there's the plastic straw debate. (laughs) Oh, we're polluting the ocean with these plastic straws that are like some tiny percentage of plastic pollution in the ocean. Let's get rid of them. And constantly disabled people and activists are bringing up the fact that, hey, these were created for disabled people and disabled people need them. Plastic straws are the best thing right now. There's no alternative. And uh, and if you're not constantly just out there speaking about it, of course, people will just ignore that fact. They'll, they'll ban plastic straws or whatever. But just bringing it up causes so much pushback from people, no matter what you say or how you say it. And I feel like we're all kind of constantly causing a scene just by being ourselves 
in public? Oh my God. Thanks. Oh, just that last being yourself in public is causing the scene. And that right there is, 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 I don't, I can't even say how profound that just one statement is because that's the issue. It's, yeah. it's people's inability to show up as them, as their authentic selves because of other things, systems, people that are in the way of that is a huge problem. Um, and you're right. It's like, I don't have a <clears throat> issue with straws. And if someone hadn't brought this to my attention, or if I have not, you know, I have a um, um, certified special needs, so I understand how when you're talking about um, PT, people need um, straws. So I understand yeah. that there are some people, but if I didn't have that lens, I would think I would be on this. I could potentially be on the side of, oh, ban this because this is, you know, polluting the earth. And this is where a lot of these issues, I, I find that the conversations just get totally derailed. Yeah, because it becomes an all or nothing. It's like very few of these conversations are black and white. Very true. Yeah. And also, in a way, it kind of reminds me of uh, something we actually I, I said on Twitter earlier was that like corporations are really good at making people blame individuals for things. Oh, yes. And there's yes. corporations dumping plastics into the ocean right now that are doing way more harm than individuals using plastic straws, but they've managed to work it. So we're blaming individuals using plastic straws and not holding them accountable. And it's interesting because what you tweeted, I mean, what you responded was to my tweet about uh, an article I saw on Medium about a... um, was it, did she, did the person use fat? I just want to make sure. Uh, they, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, but it was a, a, a large person on a plane. And, 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 the, and just seeing people look at her, um, first of all, the person who sat next to her made such a big fuss about um, her being there. And, and, and when he was, de- so he got his seat changed. And when he was deplaning, he actually said, well, if you were at a walker, or were pregnant, I wouldn't have done that. So he yeah. just said, shat on her. Like, yeah, because you're fat, I get to do this. And I get, you know, if I make a big enough fuss, um, I, I can, um, um, I can, yeah, I can change my seat or whatever. I can shame you, whatever the case may be. And just hearing her description of how she tries to close her body up so that she's not taking up space. And you made a, and your point was, for me, I just saw it as a reflection of, wow, Kim, think about the ways that you, may do this to other people in uh, various ways. Yeah. You made a very specific, just logical corporate point point was they're making these seats so damn small so they can squeeze so many people in there that while understanding that the average that we're getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And they knowingly do this. Like I've had to research it for something before and it it's their fault. Basically, yeah, like, yeah exactly. I, didn't make... even it. I didn't even hear that until you. I was like, "Oh shit, you're right." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like we're here blaming individuals for something that we shouldn't be blaming them for. Like our comfort on a plane is decided by the people manufacturing. Oh my god, those airplanes. Yeah, yeah, and then the person said that even in first class, 
she was she 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 would save money so she could fight for his class, and she was still treated like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can do whatever they tell you to do, you know? You can buy that second seat, you can get a first-class seat, Mm. but people are still going to treat you badly. Well, and then she said, in the article, um, she was saying how she's had the opportunity where she's been kicked off planes and not given a refund or had to rebook, had to spend her money to rebook. Yeah. and And it reminds me of, I saw a tweet several months ago that said something to the effect of if you know you have employees who travel and they are see, I don't even, now I'm like I don't want to call them obese I don't want to call them fat I don't even want to call them bigger than other people because I don't, I don't even know what the term is but if you know that they will not fit comfortably I can put that and say that in yeah. a seat that you should automatically upgrade or give them first class without even having them to act and that was just such a mind blown because yes if this is something that's important to you and that's a part of that job, these are things that you need to take care of. And so it's like, if, you, if these are things that, that are important to you and this person is a part of this person's job to travel, then you need to be, they shouldn't have to be, they shouldn't be in, um, in main cabin or whatever. You should be paying for them to be in business class. And if that's not big enough, then they need to be in, yeah. in first class. Yeah, like that's, that should just go without saying. And the fact that should be the cost of doing business. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like maybe you should be flying them business class regardless. Yes. Yeah. Doing business. (laughs) But at the same time, like it, it should be a given that you support them and they shouldn't have to beg you basically for more room. Like even if it's it's their size, if it's their height, like a disability, like they shouldn't have to ask for that. Yeah, it should be accommodated for them, period. Because that's when we're talking about inclusion, which is people's experience. And this is what I talk about. It's not about people assimilating into your culture. It's about your culture expanding to to encompass whatever makes them unique. So yeah. if you if a person comes in and they um, have um, a, a disability, which um, let's say it's a mobile a mobility issue those things should be considered as soon as they sign. Well, not even sign. When, when you're giving, before you even give the offer, those things should be discussed among all hiring people and managers uh, about uh, this person has this thing, this, this particular disability, and we need to make sure this space accommodates their wheelchair or whatever, blah, blah. You give the, 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 the letter of, hey, are you going to come um, work for us? And by the way, we're making sure that these things are taken are, are taken care of to make sure that you can get around or whatever you need to do. And please, another line: if there are other things that we haven't considered, could you please add them here? <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, right? Like, like I don't think uh, I don't think many people would do that. And even as you were saying that, like I was I was like thinking along, and I was like, it sounds really good, but then also like even though legally they're not supposed to discriminate against you for having a disability it's like well if you make them think about it enough uh it may make them decide oh maybe we'll go with someone else and that's shitty because it shouldn't be again that's what that's that my issue with culture because i could because i'm thinking because i'm using a very obvious physical disability just to draw a point here 
So if I'm thinking of like a, 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 a historical building in Atlanta, Boston, Philadelphia, you New York, and it's on a historical preservation thing, right? And you have your decided to have your your business in this building. And by law, this comp- this this building does not have to meet many of the ADA things, um, just because of you have to make accommodations, but you don't have to be full out like a brand new building would be. Yeah. So, you know what? So what? These are still things that need to be considered. And yeah. and 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 if you have someone and they can't get in the building, then that tells me that you might have customers that you're you're leaving out. And you're leaving on the money on the table. Oh, I mean, 100%. You're definitely like losing customers, losing people that care about these things. And your own workers, like the, the disabled ones obviously are demoralized. They're taking more effort to do any work. But even the able people that realize that what you're doing is wrong like they're not going to be working at their full capacity either. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, it's the whole thing of you don't realize by doing this, you're not going to get the most out of the people anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never get the most out of workers by not treating them the way they deserve to be treated. And you'll never get the most out of customers. Like maybe people will continue using you, but they might not recommend you. You know, and, and as soon you, as there's an alternative, they're gone. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Living in New York, like, it's so inaccessible. No one told me that when I moved here. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Because I remember, because let's go back. When we met, you were still in Washington area. Yes. And you were fine there. <laughs> and then you, you started, you got a job, you got, you, you got an offer. And yeah. I remember us having conversations of you immediately starting to think about your accessibility needs. And then we met at Stranger Loop. Yeah. And that's when you were like, well, damn, Kim, I can't even get to the trains and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Talk it, about that because everybody wants to flock to New York. But think about, let's talk about it from a person who has a disability. What are your challenges? Well, I mean... No one told me when I was moving there that this would be as big of an issue as it is. Like, I guess they didn't really consider it. I'm, I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not using any sort of devices. They're probably thinking like, oh, she can handle whatever. And I get there and first of all, something like one fourth of the subway stations ha- are accessible. Um, and that's when the elevators are working, <laughs> which is not wow. is not normal. Um, in fact, they were going to close down some of the stations in Queens. Yeah, you told me that, yeah. Yeah, and they weren't going to make them any more accessible. They don't. They're just staircases right now, and they were going to close them down, redo them all, and not a single one was going to get an elevator. And it's just like little things like that are are just mind-boggling for me like I'm not even sure how that's legal um and there's that and then there's like the issue with apartments and buildings in New York too because so many of them are older uh that most of them don't have elevators and an elevator building a building with an elevator is considered a luxury 
So Ooh, wow. I, yeah, I am paying way more for my apartment than I would be paying for the equivalent apartment in a non-elevator building. And and so the apartment wow. is like really wow. demoralizing because it's like, well, I can get like twice as much space, but I don't know if I can get in and out of my apartment all the time. <laughs> or I can get this apartment wow. inexpensive and know I can get in and out of the apartment when I need to. And that's just so, again, uh, New York is seen as the, you know, one of the capitals of the world. Yeah. And, and, it's, and so people are flocking there, yet they don't accommodate. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to the whole train thing. Even if there, I mean, okay, this is, uh, this is going to be, it might seem insensitive. But I'll say, let's just take out dis- people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Just, just take them out of the equation. How the hell does somebody with a stroller get up and down? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, stroller. Or with groceries. Shopping groceries. cart. Yeah, exactly. Luggage. Groceries. Yes, luggage from to and from the airport. Yeah. And all of those things. <laughs> yeah, they're not just hindering people with disabilities, though they are. Um, it's also, like, not good for anyone else either (laughs) hell you had a shit you had a bad day and a a a a, a lift ran over your foot you know or you're you know how do you (laughs) you know how do you get yeah well this is like there's like a, a different theories on what makes a disability and one of them is that it's like a social thing that society is what decides what's a disability by basically not helping like like not designing around what people need. And in all of these cases, it's like, well, would say being in a wheelchair be the same sort of disability we think of it as if the world had ramps and elevators and kind of was just accessible, like, like just have this baseline accessibility that that people aren't approaching now and and no one like like very few people would not benefit from this sort of thing obviously there's like interlocked issues in some of this stuff like with permanent captions and that sort of thing where like some people are distracted by them but everyone benefits from a lot of this if if you're on crutches it, temporarily, you you still benefit from that. If you're yeah, exactly. pregnant and tired, you still benefit from that. And these are these are sometimes referred to as temporary disabilities because that's what it's like you have, because that's what the world around you has caused you to have. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and and every time, like, I hear about what people have to go through in New York just to get around. Like, for me, it's tough, but I, I don't have it as bad as other people can. And it's, like, the extent that it's almost like they went out of their way to make the city less accessible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just so frustrating. And wow, and, it, and, it, and I guess I'm just I'm, I have nothing to say here because I am the fact that New York is considered one of the oh I need you know I'm just like everybody's flocking there or, oh, or yeah, it's, it's a place to, to be yeah 
it, it's considered this great cosmopolitan. Yes. Super, yes. like advanced and everyone talks about like the culture and the tech scene and whatever else but no one ever really talks about how hard it is for certain people to live here and, and, see, and i can and i can okay go ahead oh and i was just gonna say one of the reasons i moved from i was i was in virginia outside of dc and i was really depressed about like political happenings and decided to look into moving out of town because of that for uh, one of the main reasons. And it's like I moved for my mental health, but then I'm faced with other issues in the place I moved to. And, And that also adds to sort of like how noticeable I think it is for me compared to yeah, like many people that don't have to deal with us, and it's and it, and again, it's it's like relative. And this is why we talk about. Well, I, I'm going at it with people on Twitter all the time. Your experience is not the only one that matters. And yeah. It's like we have to stop. Yes, it's inconvenient for me to have. I'm going to be honest. Do I want someone who's in when I'm on a plane who's already squished in, spilling over into my seat? No, I don't. But Hell, I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? But that's because, again, like you said, the seats are too small. And we've been conditioned to think that our space is our space. Um, and, and, and anybody encroaching on it is, 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 is there's a lot of psychological things to that. Um, and you can, when I, when I talk about New York, look how people walk in the street on the sidewalk. <laughs> Um, and then you're talking about, because what made me think about that is how, when you talk about disabilities and how people have to put trash on the street every night, yeah. and now you're trying to navigate that and you're on, in a wheelchair or you're blind or you, whatever the case may be. How do, I mean, it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's, it's like one thing after another sometimes. And people, people don't think it's true. They they think like maybe about themselves and their in groups and maybe a few other groups that they've been trained to think about. But in general, they don't consider like if they're angry or frustrated about something, they don't really stop and think about like what it's like for the people around them. Just like with the guy in the plane seat, like, yeah, it, it sucks to be squished in a seat. I've, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not super thin and those seats like sometimes are too small for me. And I'm like trying to hold myself in and not take up too much room. And I feel bad for the people next to me. And it's like both, neither side is comfortable in that. Neither side is, has something to gain from the other's discomfort. And being angry at either side for that is is not helping anything. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, Lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. 
To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. Angry at either side for that is, is not helping anything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's, I guess, I guess that's what is the point. It's like, yeah, that's not, yeah. that's, it, it, everybody's uncomfortable. And, 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 and how do we, how do we um, ensure that individuals are? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it gets back into too, like, uh, I think how this came up with things like the straws or things like certain communities focusing just on a very narrow view of diversity. And if you bring something up to them, they'll get very defensive. It will be like, yeah, uh, conference you mentioned wanting women and people of color and lgbt people and this and that but you don't mention anything about disabled people could you think about adding that language and they'll be like you know we're doing all this great stuff for these other groups we're not purposely excluding anyone this and that because like to them it's they're just not considering anyone else. Or and they're not considering oh, not, intersections. And exactly. And I was about to say or and it's not or and it's and or yeah. It's it, a con- it's a conversation of we're doing this over here, we check that box, we can't focus on yeah. these other things. And that's why when I talk about inclusion, it's to me it's not about gender and race and it's I, all the ways that my experience are inclusive. Those what you need to be thinking of. And you're not inclusive until I tell you you're inclusive. Yeah. Um, and that is um, the thing that that people need to understand. So yes, it's not saying that you're um, that what you're doing is bad. I, we'll give you a tick, but that's not enough. Yeah. There, there will always be something that you can. You, it's not a, it's not an end game. There's yeah. always um, some something or someone something to consider that you haven't considered. And and so it's not saying that you're bad. It's just saying, okay, that's great. Now keep moving. So it's like, to me, it's like, there is no resting. You got to keep moving forward. Yeah, and, and acting like you're somehow taking away from the other good they're doing by putting forth more good they could be doing. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, it like doesn't really make sense because I think all of us who are interested in diversity and inclusion should be moving towards always improving that. Yes, exactly. Like I say, like doing web accessibility, it's like an iterative process, like everything else in tech. You don't have it perfect at any given time. You're always making changes and improvements to try to get better and better. And that's what organizations and events can also be doing. It's funny that you say that because in tech, that is, I mean, we are taught um, agile uh, we're scrum teams. We this is how we work. But people don't think about iterating culture, iterating processes, iterating product pr- procedures and policies. They don't think they put something in place and that's supposed to be the concrete thing. When your whole business is designed to be moving and changing constantly, but you don't think about that in in how you function as a business. Yeah, like they could be changing languages or libraries or what have you, like every year but yeah. they won't change certain policies very yeah it's very it's very interesting 
very interesting quandary. It's like, I, I don't, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the fact that there's a disconnect in them seeing that that's the thing is also interesting to me. Is that they don't even see the connection of it. It's like when I was teaching school, um, and this is just a real, real, so real. They would say, "Miss Creighton, um, I can't find this thing," and I'm like, "Google it." And they're like, "I can't find it. I don't know." I'm like, "Dude, you were just looking at porn on your phone. So just like you can look up free porn, you can look up what this or what I just said. Don't come to me with that." But they don't translate that this is something they wanted to do, but those same skills, yes, <laughs> can be used to find this thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how many times do you have conversations, we'll call them, on Twitter with people <laughs> who want you to Google everything for them? They're like, oh, oh yeah. you know, give me a link to that. Show me the article that said that, this and that. And it's like, dude, your profile says you're a web developer. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, should be the first thing you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you you find, there's a there's a, there's an um, a, a error message. You Google it if you don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, and, and the level of absolute disconnection and ability for people to, to disengage is, is just quite interesting. Yeah. And I mean, there's reasons that certain people can't, but the, the raw extent of people who do this, it's beyond just like the reasons they could have it, it's that these people are just purposely not doing it at times like they want and that's the conversation that people don't want us to have yeah because it's the whole once you and this is one thing that i've found out about a lot of the comments as you put quote air quotes conversations i have on twitter it once you know something you cannot you can no longer say i didn't know now it's i know and i'm making a choice not to do yeah, and that's a whole different level of accountability and personal um, responsibility that you have to take on when now you've been informed about something, and now you and it and it and it goes contrary to what you believe, and now you're still deciding to do what you now. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, and a lot of people can't reconcile that, so they'd rather be ignorant, <laughs> and it, that's what it's what I see, and it's like. You can sit here and give me this, throw out this false data all you want to. That does not change the truth of what you're saying is not correct. And that what you're saying has an impact on people, whether you want to deal with that impact or face it or not. It does not mean that that impact is not felt by others. Yeah, it's true. And I think there's that issue. And then people who think if they keep giving that information over and over again, and they're like the loudest in a conversation that that eventually other people will either leave them alone and let them continue just spilling out false information <laughs> yeah. or or maybe just start believing it themselves or something and i think you see that a lot where people are like hey maybe just don't talk about this certain subject if it doesn't affect you and listen to what the people who are affected are saying. And of course, that never works. Oh, my God. Do they not get offended because they have a right to make a statement about everything? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you don't even, I would never, I, I would never claim or even start a conversation to inform you, Lindsay, on your disability. This is what we've come to. People who have no historical, no experiential anything of something 
taking something that they read somewhere oh, yeah. and saying, no, that couldn't happen. That, that, no, that absolutely couldn't happen. That, um, no, you're, you're lying. Show me the proof. It's like, yeah. what? It's like I read on this Reddit post that that doesn't happen. <laughs> or yeah, yes, exactly. I, I someone when I was a kid and I don't think that happened to them. So it doesn't happen. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> or I heard in a fairy tale long, long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is like, what the fuck are you saying? And they keep saying, and I get you with that. It's like, they, but okay, but this is the difference now. And this is where I see the tension coming and where it doesn't take, and they let me gaslight them, which is so funny to me. But it doesn't take but a little bit of time and a little bit of pressure for the real intent to come out because what's happening that's different is in the past. They had, or the only ones with the microphone, so they could spew that shit, and no one could would challenge them because everybody was listening. You know, drank the Kool Aid, but now I have Twitter, and as long as I pay my internet bill, I got Twitter. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so, and if I don't, and, and if and, and Jack does on Twitter doesn't do what the fuck he did and lock me out again, I'm good. You know? So when you say something stupid, and I and it's so funny because I don't even go after them. They come into my. I'm not searching for them. I have made it a part of my strategy. Not I, I want to be right. I want to be happy. I want to be happy. To be right would, for me, would me, to me, for me, what, excuse me, would be for me to go and search in Twitter and find these people. No, I want to be happy. So I stay where I am. They come to me and make these statements. And I'm like, wait a minute. What the, you come into my thing and, you, and then, then, oh, then they want to get, then they want to block you. What you blocking me for? You started this. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like, you started a fight, but ne- what? <laughs> or they always, uh, I was seeing something, oh, I forget where it was, but it was someone talking about how people always call those debates, but it's like, they're not a debate. They don't no, want to rules. <laughs> they don't want to have their opinion change. They are fights. Like, yeah, exactly. Fights because the debate is, is, is informed you have to study for a debate. Yeah. <laughs> there are rules yes. to the debate. Yes. There's a winner in a debate, no matter yes. how you feel about it. Like, yes, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, damn it, I don't, you, whatever, I'm taking my toys and I'm blocking you. No, that's not yeah. how that works. Although, I mean, I block people a lot. Yeah, like, I don't. <laughs> I, I really don't because I believe white people need to see the shit that they created. And if uh, I have to deal with it because they come after me, then fuck it, you need to deal with it too. So I'm not you. White people have been have been privileged and, and sheltered from this shit for too long. I'm gonna show it all. Nope, not gonna block you. And if they get yeah. real racist, the race the ig- the more ignorant they get, the the more free marketing it is for me because wow. it's like people are like shit, Kim. I didn't even. Yep, that's why you need to see this because you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I could I can see that some of the people who tweet at you are. <laughs> they're funny. mind-boggling that they could put that online and then and then they get so mad when i don't answer them because i never and so that's the whole thing i never engage them directly i always quote uh comment retweet and so yeah. they get so mad you won't answer my questions why won't you answer my questions did i trigger you bitch i am in the tub chilling, doing this, yeah. soaking. I am not upset, but you're getting really upset. 
I mean, I also, I have um, engaged a few times in the act of when they ask, like when they keep getting on you to answer them, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. just like putting a link to like pay me. Yes, exactly. Five dollars an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So do it. Uh, Oh yeah, do it. And that's what I love about the, that's what I can tell you I love about the hashtag causation community. Okay, let's talk about that because you were around when this was not even a, a thing. I had no idea about any of this shit. <laughs> it was like percolating in your head, I think, but wasn't out yeah, there. Yeah, but it wasn't out there. It was just out of my frustration of having, going around the world talking about inclusion and diversity and realizing that no one really wanted to talk about inclusion and diversity, <laughs> yeah. let alone act on it and pay for it. And so you were there when, you know, the ideas were coming and when I was testing different things. But it's been interesting how... um how it's come to, and, and I love the hashtag Causing community that it's so new because it only launched on International Women's Day. And to have so many people who are like, when people are, are doing whatever they're doing, are like, no, Kim's not that way. What do you say? She's not a divider. You know, I love that. I so love it because as a black woman, my opinion doesn't care to these people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it just shows like how if you have a community behind you and if you have people who will stand up to you, it, it's so empowering. Oh my God. I feel like I have so much freedom. There is it's like the genie is out of the bottle. There is no one who could say, Kim can't say that anymore. No, we, not, in, not in the era where we live with the president we have and the elected politicians we have and the, and the quote unquote entertainment news that we have and people saying everything left, right into the center. You can't tell me I can't say whatever I want to now. Yeah. Some of the stuff people are saying out there is just so much. And then for the little things that you say, and like, I I remember I was not on Twitter a bunch when you were banned, I guess. And I saw (laughs) of the community, like I saw people retweeting about it. Yeah. And I was like, holy, like that was what did it like yeah i told somebody to go plan traffic (laughs) and then then somebody reported me for for uh, encouraging self-harm or suicide yeah and i think about like all the times i've reported people and been told it was nothing yes yes so much worse than that yes like i mean you know why (laughs) but like yeah having that community there i think really helped me know like oh it's not just that Kim disappeared (laughs) and that's what I and that's what was important because my my it didn't lock it did not get it wasn't like you went to my thing and it said it was closed yeah my my page was there everything was there and it just looked like I was on vacation or something and I was like no no tell people that this is what's going on (laughs) because I couldn't see anything and I have to commend my um my legal white men because they're they Sonia Angel Banks, Sonia Gupta, Angel Banks, and my legal white man were the ones who just started getting the message out that, hey, Kim's banned. She's, I mean, she's locked out of her account. That's why you don't see her. And this is, and this is the shit that got her locked out and, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and I love that because, and I can say it's because since the day one, when I started talking about strategy, I've been challenging people. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. Yeah. And because now people are used to that. They're like, okay, what what else can I do? Instead of, well, I'm doing this, no, no, what else can you do? (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's like such an important 
a point to make and to like drill into people's heads. Like I remember there, you always see like the saying, and I, I forget who it's by, but like the white silence is violence. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's true when you just stand back and you're letting things happen to other people because you're in a place of privilege and it wouldn't happen to you. You are in the wrong. Like, even if you're not the one committing an act against them, if you could say something to help someone and you're not doing that. And particularly if it's not going to cause you any, any yes. harm. Yeah. That, yeah. That's like, the thing right there. Yeah. yeah. If getting involved and you know, like you're in a place where, where you won't even get like a slap on the wrist, yeah. and you don't do anything. Like that's that's a horrible state of being, and that's yeah. something that like I think people need to constantly address with themselves. Yeah, and, and exactly, and that's why I keep challenging that. That's why I I'll put something and say you're not doing enough because. If not, oh my God, now we've come full circle at the end of this conversation because it goes back to what you're saying. If it's, it's those two fractions of people, the yes. ones who don't intentionally, but they are causing harm, and the ones who, make an, who are making a choice. The ones who are making a choice are not my audience. That, I, I'll, leave, I'll leave that to somebody else because I, 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 I respect and, 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 and honor my mental health. So those individuals, I, I'm not even going to go walk down the line with them. But it's the ones who are trying and, 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 and think they're at, you know, I want, no, we haven't won. This is not a winning thing. This is, this is we're making incremental steps because based, um, and I keep going back to the, the um, um, scene on radio podcast with the scene White series. And it's, we're trying to create something that was never meant to exist. So we're all making this up. Yeah, sure. This was, your, your dis, people with disabilities were never considered. Um, they were criminalized. None of these, no, oh, b- yeah. black, um, whatever. No, none of us were, even white. This system was not meant for even all whites to, to benefit. And that's why the system was put in place. So yeah. that some whites could feel superior over black people and not align with them and, and, and seek real changes. So we are trying to create something that was never meant to exist in the United States or in other parts of the world. And so we are pioneers and we're going to, sometimes we're going to get some shit wrong, but we're going to get a lot of shit right. It's very true. I, I like that. I like thinking about it like that. It's like empowering. <laughs> Well, that's the only way I can think about it or I would lose my mind. I couldn't do this job if I, if, if it was all, I see people who are just like, shit, this is going, to, now I can't go through, it's the, going to hell in the handbasket thing. I would not be able to do this work if I had that, um, I would be depressed and, and near suicidal um, yeah. because, yeah, I can't, I, this is what, this is how I have to do it for my mental health. Um, yeah, I can, yeah, I can totally get that. For me, like, I I need a balance. I need like, the hell in the handbasket stuff to remind myself that it's not just me. Like yeah. I'm not yeah. the only one freaking out about something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not being emotional. I'm not being yeah. reactive here. Like this all these other happening. people agree that it's a horrible thing that's happening. Yeah. 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 So I I need that sometimes too, that validation of my emotion. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Lizzie, for joining us. Do you have any last words? 
Um, last words. I guess I just like everyone to like stop and look at the sorts of things they're doing, whether it's something in tech or not, and think about whether or not they could make it easier to access for other people. If it's people who are disabled, if it's people who might not speak our language and think about what sort of audience they could be approaching and how many people that they could be reaching doing that. On that note, and that's all that inclusion is, it's about improving the experiences of all stakeholders. So on that note, I'd like to thank you so much for for agreeing to be on this. This is is great catching up with our old friend. It was so great talking to you. All right, thank you. So much. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Call to Sing podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Call to Sing movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call to Sing community. Just visit the website at hashtagcallthescene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.